You're listening to A Conduit's Diary, a podcast featuring my diary entries as I investigate paranormal activity. This is rated explicit because I have a foul mouth and I'm kind of an asshole. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast so you can share the love. And now, let's pause the new Taylor Swift album long enough to listen to episode 7, Over Influenced. Haley, last name redacted, and honestly, first name changed, was recognizable even to someone as clueless as myself. I didn't recognize her name when she sent me the email asking for help at first. It should have been a red flag that her email address was, essentially, the next big thing at gmail.com. I'm exaggerating, but only mildly. See, Haley was the type of local, but also kind of international influencer that most people knew, and not always for the best of reasons. I recognized her because she was featured a few times on the local news for her charity work with local rescues. As someone who's run in the rescue ring for a few years, I know pretty much everyone and how they operate. I also knew a few local celebrities and their involvement with rescues. Outside of some radio show hosts, there weren't any really big names until Haley. See, this is where I struggle to talk shit about what my personal experience was with her. While her general social media content is not something I would consume, her attention to local rescues had a monumental impact. Two years prior, she adopted an adult mixed breed dog from a shelter and fell in love with him. Her social media account was transformed into a huge litmus for change. She started fundraisers for the local shelter to have more kennels and staff, then drew general attention to the spay-neuter issue in town. She also bankrolled a local low-cost clinic so they could give sliding-scale discounts for vaccines and preventative help. Like I said, I couldn't exactly hate the girl. Her email was generic, which wasn't that unusual for my line of work. I went exclusively through email. I'd rather die than talk on the phone. And emails varied from novels to short quips, depending on who sent them. Hers was fairly straightforward. Hello, Miss Smith. I was referred to you by name redacted. They had a good experience with you. I have a potential haunting in my house and I would like you to investigate. Please contact me as soon as possible. So I did and got a hold of her assistant who eventually set a date for me to go to her home. Like most people with money, she lived in northern Phoenix, just outside the Scottsdale area. I wasn't given her exact address, those fuckers, and instead was told to introduce myself at the gate and would be escorted to the home by security. I vaguely wonder if I'd be blindfolded, too. Luckily, I knew my sister's Stephanie's MLS login, and it took all of two seconds to find which home was hers and begin my deep dive. The home was brand new, built all of two years ago, and built by her. Custom everything. The land was part of a parcel that never had a previous home on it, or business, or anything else that would explain activity. The other homes in the development were also custom and built at various times over the last five years. No known murders or issues I could see. Most of them were part-time homes for people with recognizable names. Jesus, how much does Instagram pay? I mulled over this predicament as I tried to research more about her, but was overwhelmed by the amount of information that was absolutely useless. Her public image was perfectly curated, but also so impersonal. 
She managed to tell everything and nothing all at once. I knew her favorite color, but I couldn't find where she was born. If she lived in Arizona her whole life, if she had any siblings. Her love life was limited to a few paparazzi-style photos of her with two or three men over the last few years. She was the perfect example of a bot, a shell. When the day of our meeting came, I was more nervous than I'd really ever been before. I could usually find at least some information about what I was getting into. The emails would maybe have more information or I could find something about these people's lives. Literally anything. Haley remained a mystery, a rich one, and it made me uncomfortable. I pulled up to the security post and announced myself. The security guard made a gruff noise and picked up his phone to dial someone. About 10 minutes later, a golf cart came bouncing down the drive and a short, thin girl who looked no older than 17 jumped out of the cart. Miss Smith, she asked me through my barely cracked window. Yeah, I responded. She nodded to a small parking area just inside the security post. Go ahead and park there. I'll take you the rest of the way in the golf cart. If you wouldn't mind, masks aren't mandatory at the manor. I parked my car and warily hopped into the golf cart. Thankfully, it had the AC on full blast. The girl thrust the cart into drive and whipped it around too fast, making me grab for any sort of oh shit bar and finding none. The damn thing needed a roll cage. She dug us up the paved road and past various homes that looked ridiculous but beautiful. I knew we weren't too far from her home, but I pretended like I had no idea, clinging to my purse. She slammed on the brakes too hard in front of the home and shoved it into park, nodding for me to get out. I'm Olivia, her assistant. Just follow me. She pulled a mask from her pocket and put it on as she pushed open the unlocked front door to Haley's home. Of all the homes I'd been to, this was by far the prettiest. I was so used to the billionaire whims of decorating that I was generally surprised to see something unique that wasn't tacky. The walls were an off-white color, the tile was neutral without being bland, but there was art on the walls and it didn't look curated like other homes. It looked like it was all from the same painter because it had the same color style and general scheme, but I'd never seen anything like it and I found myself drawn to them and their strange images half-distorted photos of people, animals, barely made out. Shoes, Olivia said, pointing to my feet. Oh, yeah, I said, slipping them off. She procured a pair of slippers from the closet and handed them to me. The floor can get cold, she said. I slipped them on, reveling in how comfortable they were. Cool paintings, I said lamely. Olivia glanced at them with some disgust and nodded, her brow furrowing. Haley has interesting taste. Her stylist tries to talk her out of it all the time, but as long as it's not where she takes pictures, I guess she gets free reign. She shrugged as if I understood any of what she said, and then turned to head down the hallway. The transition from the front of the house to the main living area was striking. The living room looked more like I imagined her home would look. White walls, neutral couches, blush-colored accent pillows with black tables. She had a fireplace, that had whitewash paint all over it, and a built-in entertainment system with a typical succulent and knickknacks to decorate it. Her open floor plan exposed a kitchen that looked similar, white cabinets on the top, black on the bottom, with white marble countertops and stainless steel appliances. The whole thing was such a change from the front area, I had to do a double take. You must be Rachel, exclaimed Haley. She was sitting in one of those egg chairs near the porch door, 
which was really just a bunch of floor-to-ceiling windows with shades pulled over them to allow light but not heat. I marveled over what temperature she must keep the house at for it to be that chilly despite those giant windows. She unfurled her long, tan legs and crossed the distance to me. She paused about six feet away and pulled a mask from her pocket, securing it over her mouth and nose. Can't be too careful, she told me, wagging a finger at me. Arizona's a fucking cesspool for this. I have friends in Florida bragging they have more cases. Like, we have less people. It's not the same. She laughed a tinkling laugh and then motioned to the large couch next to us. Come on, sit. We have a lot to talk about. Oh, no, right there. She motioned me to a specific area on the couch. She sat about six feet away, curling one of her legs under as she studied me. So, you came highly recommended, she told me. I glanced between her and Olivia, who was sitting at the bar in the kitchen watching me closely. Thanks, I replied. But I couldn't find much about you, except the rescue. I flinched. Rachel Smith was not my real name. I'm not an idiot. To find the rescue meant she knew my real name. Oh, don't worry. I appreciate all the work you and Rosa do. I'm not going to smear you if this doesn't work. She winked at me. Rosa. Again, knowing the names of people I work with, real names, I felt my heart rate increase and felt my face redden. Why did you ask me here today? I asked. She considered this a moment, one of her long fingers tapping her lower lip. Her nail was long and coffin-shaped, reminding me a lot of a dagger. I have a problem I need solved, and you seemed like a good solution. I did my research and was interested to find that you're... discreet. This would probably be a bad time to mention this podcast. I prefer not to draw a lot of attention, I agreed. Perfect, she said, smacking her lips. She turned her attention away from me to the large TV that seemed to just float on the wall. Haley clicked it on and revealed a screen filled with security footage. She clicked through to some footage of a hallway, pressing buttons until the video took up the entire screen. It started to play, the time at the bottom left corner reading 3.32 a.m. We watched as a painting fell from the wall. She clicked another button, and then another image popped up. Same thing. Painting falling from the wall at 3.32 a.m. What makes you think this is a haunting? I asked slowly. It's the same time every night, she said. I nodded, considering. That's not all, she said quickly, defensively. She pressed a few more buttons and I was regaled with images of doors closing at random times. Some of them at 3.32 a.m., others at other times. Things moving. It was all very... generic. Can you show me the hallway? I asked. She nodded and rose from her seat, frowning. This is where I made a critical decision that may or may not have saved my livelihood. See, Haley was the perfect person to scam. She was already convinced her place was haunted and upset that I wasn't enthusiastic over her security footage. The problem is she wasn't my typical client. She had more reach and influence than my others, simply from social media standpoint. If any of my other clients tried to sue me, they'd be laughed out of court, in shock to find how much money I actually didn't possess. Haley, though, could ruin everything. She knew more about me than my other clients did. Could they hire a PI and figure it out? Sure, but I don't know. Something was off, and I decided at that moment not to fuck with her. 
Once we were out of the main area, I was again shocked at the sudden transition to a normal home. The overwhelming whites and neutrals were replaced with the same quirky paintings and eclectic style as the front of the house. Here, she said, pointing to the hallway I recognized from the cameras. I walked along the hallway, looking around. Sure enough, there was the painting. And it's just this one, I asked. She shook her head. A few others sometimes, but mostly that one. I examined it before reaching out to pull it off the wall. She tried to stop me, but was too late. I'd removed it from the hook and saw how shallow and flimsy the hook was. Of course it fell off the wall. It was barely secured. I replaced it gingerly and did the same with the other paintings, noting they all had the same issue. Sorry, the paintings are personal, she said, flustered. I nodded. They're very interesting. I like the style. It's unique. I ran my hands along the wall and felt for anything strange, without any luck. A noise from behind the wall startled me, the sound of the air conditioning clicking on and vibrating through the wall. I checked my watch. 3.32 p.m. What's behind this wall? I asked. She shrugged. A guest room? That wasn't what I meant, but I nodded anyway. She led me to the other areas in question. The security door, which, despite being only a few years old, looked shabby. I tried the latch and saw how flimsy it was. She frowned at this, too, shifting her weight. Aren't you going to test it? I'm sorry, I asked. Yeah, test it for, like, energy. Haley, why do you think you're being haunted? I asked her. She fidgeted with a ring on her finger, turning it over and over. You saw the footage, she said evasively, her eyes looking over the shaded patio we stood on. It's a bunch of paintings falling off the wall and some doors flapping in the wind, I said, probably a little too harsh. Well, yeah, isn't that like weird? Same time every night, she asked. Not when you barely hang the paintings on the wall and the AC kicks on, the entire wall vibrates. And this door? I swung the door open to demonstrate how easy it flew off the hinges. This isn't really evidence of a haunting. It's just some faulty... Can you step outside? She asked me interrupting abruptly. I froze, looking around. We were outside. We were on the fucking patio. The heat mixed with the condensation of my mask was already giving me a sweat mustache, and I was glad I wore dark colors because my boob sweat was already out of control. What? I asked. She closed her eyes and pinched the ridge of her nose with her fingers. Just step outside. Stay here for a minute, she mumbled, quickly opening the door and disappearing inside not bothering to close it behind her. I sighed and sat down on one of the spacious patio chairs, glad for the shade and the misters that spat water out endlessly despite no one else being on the patio. I tried to ignore the killer view in front of me, a mountainside sprawling under her like she was in a great castle. Thankfully, I wasn't alone too long. In less than five minutes, Olivia popped her head out the door and motioned me to come back inside. I was practically slick with sweat and annoyed beyond belief. Just inside the door, I caught sight of Haley, standing in the dim of the hallway, watching me closely. I let the door swing shut behind me and looked between the two of them. Are one of you going to tell me what's going on? I practically hissed. Let's just finish the tour, said Haley, her voice tired and drawn. I sighed and followed her, unsure what else to do. It's not like I was going to hike back down to my car in this heat. I'd probably be shot by the hidden guards if I tried to take the golf cart. Haley led me up a grand staircase into her bedroom. 
It was typical of the other main areas, the areas I assumed she was photographed or videoed the most in. Large canopy bed with neutral comforter, tasteful plants and paintings. The bathroom was spacious and amazing, and I almost found myself not paying attention. Almost, that is, until I felt it. It was soft, a gentle pull, a a tug, really. It caused the edges of my vision to blur a bit, as though reality was distorted. I stopped and turned slowly, eyeing up the wall until I saw it. A painting. This one was in the same style of the paintings throughout the hallways, the hidden ones. I was surprised to see it in the bathroom of all places. It was larger, at least one and a half times the size of the others, but in the same style. This painting was a face, or at least half a face. The face was male, obscured partially by hair or a tree or something dark, thick. The closer I looked, the more I had the impression that the eyes were sad or scared. I took a step toward the painting, tilting my head partially. What is it? Haley asked, her voice excited, earnest. Who painted these for you? I asked. Excuse me? She replied. These are custom, right? How else would you have an entire home of paintings all in the same style? They're not prints, either. Who made these? I asked again. My brother, she said softly, moving to stand next to me, ignoring the six-feet rule. When he died, we cleared out his home and found all these paintings. My parents wanted to trash them, but I, I couldn't, so I kept them. I keep them hidden. I don't want people to know. This one, this was his last painting, she said softly, extending her hand to run a finger down the edges. Soft, loving. I'm sorry for your loss, I said, feeling the words fall out automatically, robotically. She shrugged. Why did it interest you? Is he, is he here? I shook my head. No, I don't, I don't think so. Sometimes people leave energy behind, you know. Was, was he a passionate painter, I asked. She nodded, still looking at the painting. Up until the end, she told me. She didn't say anything else, and instead led me back down the stairs and to the front door. She motioned for Olivia, who was sitting in the kitchen once more. Show Miss Smith to her car, please. Also, be sure to give her the cash. In a movement that surprised me, she threw her arms around me, pulling me close. I stiffened, mostly because I was surprised, but also because I hate when strangers touch me. She held me for a full breath, then released me. Thank you for not being full of shit. Your secret is safe with me. This was about two weeks ago now. At first, I was going to let the story go, because honestly, while it was weird, it wasn't all that exciting. I've said it before, most of the places I go to just aren't haunted. Normally, I would have done some fake shit, chanted maybe, I don't know, gave her an amulet, and then also had her fix the obvious cause of her problems. But something gave me pause. She paid me more than I asked, and I almost never heard from her again. Yesterday, I was sitting at the break room of the rescue office when my cell phone rang. I conduct all business through the main phone, so it's rare to get a phone call from anyone other than my mother or sister on my personal phone. My friends largely text. It was Hema. Hello? I need you to stop whatever you're doing and go on Instagram, she said breathlessly. I don't have an Instagram, I reminded her, rolling my eyes. Okay, we'll get one or use someone else's. You need to look at Haley's. 
Instagram. What? I felt my breath catch in my throat. For the love of the gods, I'll send you a link. Hold on. Okay, now open it. Call me the minute you're done. I felt the heat rising in my neck and cheeks as I stared at my phone. Hema's voice was filled with glee, but I couldn't help but feel a sinking sensation in the pit of my stomach. I clicked on the link and it led me to something called IGTV, where a five-minute video was posted. I recognized the living room immediately. Haley sat on the edge of her couch, looking serious at the camera, her famous dog at her side. Hey, butterflies, it's Haley here. Today, I thought we'd mix it up a little bit. I've been struggling to find some good content for you guys. With the pandemic, we've been holding up on our house away from the world. Recently, we had some weird shit go down. This cut to the footage she showed me two weeks prior. Pictures falling off the wall, the door slamming. Notice the time on all these videos, she said in a voiceover. 3.32 a.m. I knew it had to mean something. So I hired a few experts to investigate. Oh, fuck, I whispered to myself. At that moment, one of the newer workers practically snuck up on me, exclaiming, Oh my god, I watched that this morning. It's so wild. I love her. He practically gushed. I felt the telltale signs of a panic attack brewing in my stomach. I know what you're thinking, but they're out there. Called parapsychologists, these people specialize in the art and science of the paranormal. Let's take a look. The rest of the video played and I was rewarded with sights of my colleagues making utter, complete fools of themselves. I recognized every single one of them. Showboating, boisterous, paranormal investigators from around the state and city. All frauds, I knew this for a fact. I relaxed as I saw a group setting up cameras in the house, decking it out in the style of an investigative TV show. I watched the groups come and go, sped up, waiting for me. But I never appeared. As you can see, most of them took a scientific approach to my problem. But one did not, she said, tilting her head at the camera and steepling her fingers. Vince appeared in his ridiculous glory on her screen. He was gesturing wildly, yelling to the walls, running amulets and tools over her haunted areas. He did so with gusto, and the subtitle she included read, You definitely have some spiritual activity here. This wall. Is anyone mad at you right now? He continued on this line for the next few clips, all short and spliced together, likely cherry-picked from his assessment, but all very consistent with what he said and done in the past. What did these people find? They shouldn't have found anything. I rigged the whole house. There was no haunting. I wanted to find out who you could trust and who you couldn't. Two companies found nothing. The rest? Well, I'll leave you with this little clip. She zeroed in on Vince, his eyes closed, his arms raised overhead, chanting in another language, in front of the door to the patio. She ended it with a clip of him tipping his hat to her. He always wore some stupid fucking fedora or cabbie hat telling her, sleep tight, lady, your crib is safe. What a crazy, exclaimed the new assistant, who was still leaning over my shoulder. I'd completely forgotten about him until that second. I nearly burst out in laughter at his closing statement, but considering the interactions I'd had with him, I wasn't surprised. Can you believe that? People do that for a living, the assistant said to me, incredulous. 
I'm glad she called them out. That last guy in particular. She said she linked everyone in the notes. He reached over to press a button on the screen, which exposed a long list of companies and tags. I was, blissfully, not there. I called Hema back, feeling a little chaotic with my elation. Another day without anyone knowing my secret. Did you see it? She practically screamed at me through the phone. They called out Vince. God, that's just karma. A few years too late, but K-A-R-M-A. I laughed along with her. Man, imagine if she'd called you, she said after a long bit of laughter and shit talking. She did, I told her. Hema made a sound as though she was choking on whatever she'd just taken a sip of. Yeah, two weeks ago, it was weird. I knew it wasn't a haunting, but I guess I'm too slow to realize when I'm being set up. Holy shit, I didn't even think of that, Hema said, surprised. She made these people believe she had a legit haunting and then called them out? It's a little... It is what it is, I told her with a sigh. I mean, her house wasn't without energy, but it was hardly haunted. Did you touch her? Asked Hema dreamily. She hugged me when I left, I told her. Shut the front fucking door, she practically screamed. Did you steal her hair or something? I'd love to take some of that fame energy from her, she said, her voice drifting off. We finished the conversation and I hung up, curiously going back to the video. I watched it again, then read the comments. Most of them were what I expected. Thank you for protecting us from scammers. They probably do this to little old ladies everywhere. And other comments supporting her. One comment caught my eye, though. I see what you're trying to do, but remember this is their job. If you're desperate enough to need their help, then you deserve what you get. The profile was private, with no obvious followers or following. And the replies accused the person of being Vince. It probably was, honestly. I was about to pocket my phone when an email came into my inbox from Haley. Or her assistant. I still wasn't sure who emailed me in the first place. It had no subject. And the body was a simple winky-faced emoji. A Conduit's Diary is created by me, written and produced by me, mixed horribly and edited by me. Cover art created by BMC Design on Fiverr. Music, intro and outro, created by Chris Hornberger. <laughs>